Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 39 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. Apple users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause which is the I love, Jackson State University. Co-hosting the show today with me is Mike B. What up, Mike? Hey, Corey. How's it going? All right. And joining us today is the head strength and conditioning coach, Medgar Harrison. Welcome to the show, coach. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Happy to share. All right. Good, good. Coach, um, again, we just want to thank you again for setting some time aside to talk to us today. I know you probably have 100 things going on at once right now, <laughs> so we really do appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, before we yes, move sir, along yes, with sir. things here, yeah, how are you and your family? You know, there's a lot of chaos in the world right now from the pandemic to, to protests, just a lot of unrest and a lot of unprecedented uh, events going on right now. So how are you and yours? Man, we're doing well. I'm just trying to be in the way but out the way. And we had two right. young kids here at the house with us, you know, so we're keeping them, you know, busy but safe. My wife, mm-hmm. she works over at Baptist Hospital, so she's she's picked up shifts oh. at the hospital during oh, the pandemic. Oh, Obviously, yeah. kind of reverse roles. I've been mm-hmm. the parent that's been at home more than she has, making the grocery store runs, you know, doing the other wow. odd errands, getting out. Obviously, being covered up, wearing a mask, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, yeah. still living. Oh, good, 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 good. Prosper, we appreciate everything that you know these people on the front lines are doing with everything. So, absolutely, absolutely. yes, sir, absolutely. All right, coach. Well, we definitely are excited to have you on. I know as a strength and conditioning coach, I know in general, I know the fans. That's that's a position that or or coaching position that fans may not give a lot of credit to when the team is is doing well. But I know that that you guys play <laughs> a a huge role in the success. So we wanted to give you the spotlight and introduce you to the fans and kind of hear what you do and how you uh, help the team. So, but first, can we just talk about your background? How did you get into strength and conditioning and develop a love for it? Well, my passion began way back in high school, and I was coaching way before I knew I was going to be a coach. You know, if you know, knew me when I was younger, or you know, the friends that did come over to our house to visit, you know, to hang out, to play ball, you know, we lifted weights. And I designed, started designing regimens at a young age at the time, not even knowing what I was doing. But I had a couple books that I looked for, looked to for guidance. And I had an Arnold Schwarzenegger bodybuilding book, uh, 
Mm-hmm. And also a book uh, called Body for Life by Bill Phillips. Right. And through those books, you know, blossomed a career, you know, and an interest that, that stuck with me up until this day. That's great stuff. That's always a telltale sign when you're into it at an early age. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, that's good. That's good. Yep. Yep. Uh, Coach, uh, were there any particular sports uh, that, that you, you played growing up or was there any particular sport of choice that uh, that you always, you know, enjoyed playing and participating in just as an athlete? Well, growing up, played all sports, you know, played football, was running back in grade school. Obviously, everybody played basketball, was still at basketball, but baseball was my niche. You know, when I got to high school, I stuck with baseball. also ran track in the spring. But aside from sport, mm-hmm. you know, I picked up a saxophone and, and played the piano, involved in oh, the wow. marching band, jazz, and concert bands. So well-rounded. You know, parents gave me the opportunity to do, you know, as we please, and but to, to be engaged. Okay, so you, you can give uh, Dr. Willis some pointers then with the bone then, huh, as well? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. We just had him on the show. We may have to uh, send you over for an audition. I don't know how band eligibility works, but we'll, we'll have to see if you're eligible for another year. <laughs> well, I've been by, I've been by there before, so okay, definitely know where it is. All right, All right. good, good. good. Okay, so so coach, uh, you know, I, I was looking at your background here, and you have been um, working with some esteemed programs uh, over the course of your career, so. Tell us a little bit about your journey to Jackson State. How did you end up um, here at Carolina Street? Well, growing up in Shreveport, Louisiana, you know, that, that was my start. You know, from Shreveport, I <clears throat> ventured on down to Lafayette, Louisiana, you know, where I went to school, you know, got two degrees you know, from Louisiana Lafayette, undergraduate degree and a master's degree back in 05 and 07. But from there, I um, became a graduate assistant and worked my way up part-time adjunct professor during graduate school to a full-time assistant. And I really learned the art of being a coach, designing programs and regimens and just connecting at UL. And from UL, went up to Rocky Top. I was able to get to Tennessee as a full-time assistant, worked with the football program up there. Uh, also swimming and diving. And so I'm saying, watch swimming and diving, though. That was the sport that they put me with. At the time, every full-time position worked with football, but also an Olympic sport. You know, so I was at the pool half the day, and I was on the football field the other half of the day. So after Tennessee, a head job opened up at Bethune Cooking University. So I went on down to Daytona Beach. Um, It was a tremendous eye-opener. You know, being a department head at 27 years old, overseeing 18 sports, you know, but also leading the football program was a job I was ready for. I was prepared for it, you know, at my previous stops. But um, Bethune Cooking was very, very good to me. And then from Bethune, I went on up to Alabama State University. I was there for four years as the head strength coach, oversaw 19 sports there. And then um, I actually met Coach John Hendrick at ASU. At the time, oh, he, was, wow. he was our special teams coordinator. Right. And uh, Coach John was there for a year, and then he left to come to Jackson State. And he said, if I get a head job, I'm going to hire you. Hmm. At the time, I'm just thinking, all right, Coach, you're just talking. <laughs> all right, I'll see you later. <laughs> but uh, little did I know, after um, the position opened up in 2019, 
He called me and said, Meg, I'm coming to Montgomery. I said, all right, coach. And he showed up at my door and um, we met at McDonald's and we talked it over. And the rest is history. And then from Alabama State, obviously to Jackson State. And um, we're finishing up about 18 months of mm-hmm. work here thus far. Wow, great stuff. Yeah, impressive uh, resume. You've uh, Obviously, the diversity is what stands out uh, to me as far as being on the different levels. Obviously, some HBCU experience and some SWAC experience, but you've been on in, in multiple conferences on multiple levels, so definitely glad to have you. And I noticed that you have a philosophy of three basic pathways for strength and power development, which are max effort, mm-hmm. dynamic effort, and repetition method. Can you give us a brief overview of each of those? All right, well, those pathways stem from the conjugate model of training. You know, conjugate to me is, or for what it's described as, training the part to increase the whole. But you couple several things together, you know, to get your outcome. It's not just one area. You're taking what you need to get done for multiple areas to make it one, you know, to achieve strength, power, and speed. But with your max effort, that's the superior method to strength development that's obviously moving a max load. All right, dynamic effort is what it says, it's dynamic, it's fast, it's quick, it's aggressive. Taking a sub-max load, moving the weight extremely fast. Then the repetition method is simply what it, what it says. It's when you rep movements out, you know, muscle design for muscle hypertrophy, muscle growth. Now that's your bodybuilding phase of the, of the tier. As far as uh, some techniques, perhaps beyond those, uh, how would you say you, you kind of stay abreast of uh, cutting-edge techniques and workouts within the strength and conditioning field? Well, since the pandemic hit, you know, obviously we've all been Zooming, you know, so that's been the latest way to stay connected. But uh, during my down t- downtime, you know, I do attend different conferences throughout the year. You know, we take site visits as often as we can. You know, if it's only – a drive to Starksville or Oxford, you know, with me being new to Mississippi. You know, that's where we're trying to go to venture out, to meet people, to see what's going on, you know, at the bigger level. Also at the smaller levels, you know, visiting some of the JUCOs to see how guys are doing it. You know, connecting with the guy at Mississippi College when I got here in Mississippi, you know, was good for me. And also uh, self-education, you know, reading books, articles, researching. You know, right now, the way things have gone, are things at the palm of your hand. You know, through Google, Instagram, YouTube, you can research everything that you need you know, in the palm of your hand. Now, for me, what I relate over to my staff is be the guinea pig. You know, be open to new things, but try new things on yourself. You know, if I'm creating a regimen for our players, I've done it, then they're going to do it. So there's nothing that, that I'm throwing out to the players that, oh, we're just guessing it's going to have this effect, that effect. I've done it. I've seen their training effect. I know the soreness that it's going to bring to you, the recovery needed to prepare for the next session. So I'm the guinea pig. Now, my staff, we're the guinea pigs. You know, we live it. We breathe it. That's what we do. There's no cookie-cutter mentality or cookie-cutter approach that we're doing, you know, with our training. And it's good to hear that you, you travel throughout the state and you all are sharing and taking best practices from other programs that, implementing that into the program here at Jackson State. So, so I, I guess it's safe to say that uh, strength, and coach, strength and conditioning coaches are, are pretty close-knit here in, uh, in, in, the, in the region or in the area. Is that, a, is that a, a true statement? 
the region, but also across, you know, mm-hmm. you're connected by someone, you know, by way of who you've worked with or who, who that person has worked with. So we're all connected. Not just okay, Mississippi, good. Alabama, mm-hmm. the South, you know, we're all one phone call away. All right, good, good. All right, Coach, another question for you. What do you feel makes a strength and conditioning coach staff most successful, and what are some of those qualities that you like to see in a solid staff? Now, we built our department on five basic pillars. You know, we preach these, you know, our preaching to our incoming volunteers, interns, assistants, on up to myself. But number one, being passionate. You know, displaying a love for what you do at all times. Number two, having pride, which stands for taking a personal responsibility in the daily effort to always get better. Number three, having accountability, you know, being able to be relied on, you know, you've got to be able to be there, be that professional, you know, practice what you preach. Number four, always having integrity, not forgetting your moral principles, you know, how you were raised, how you were brought up. Don't forget who you are. And then just having faith, not going against the grain of the program, which we stress to the staff, but also to our players and our coaches. If there's a problem, let's talk about it, make the adjustment, but we can't be divided. All right, good stuff. And, and Coach, you mentioned, obviously, you know, the student athletes being at home during these uh, unprecedented times, uh, I think since March due to the COVID-19 pandemic and not being able to have those in-person workouts that I'm sure you love. But So how have you gone right. about kind of navigating uh, such a unique circumstance and making sure that the players are staying engaged and, and getting in the proper work. So we, we've continued to post workouts as if the athletes were here on campus. We've been posting videos, workouts, nutritional educational tips for the athletes to, um, to look at and follow, you know, through social media. You now we're hitting Twitter, Instagram, uh, WhatsApp, follow our international student athletes across the water. You know, but we're also reaching out via group me and email our athletes but our workouts come with instruction you know but also understanding that the equipment is going to vary from person to person house to house so we even feature workouts using only water bottles using broomsticks you know using things things that are going to be around your house to still get the training done you know not leaving not saying that hey i don't have a barbell so that's my crutch no there's a way to still get it done let's put the can good a gallon jug you know so there's always, there's always, there's always a way, and our job is to educate, you know, but also to modify and still get the result. Because even when we return in the fall, we still want to win, not, not be held back to, hey, we didn't have this, we didn't have that. The job is still has to be done. You know, Coach, we've all had to make some adjustments in our lives because of this, whether it's on the job. Like you mentioned earlier, your wife having to pick up those extra shifts at work and your business owners who've had to create a new business model or even shut their business down completely. And, of course, the schools having to transition to online teaching. And, obviously, what we've been talking about as far as athletic programs having to utilize remote workouts and virtual workouts. So what would you say has been the biggest challenge for you throughout all of this? Well, obviously, we still have to go by rules that have been set by NCAA. You know, so we really can't make our training mandatory. So we have to trust that the work is being done. You know, relying on our team leadership. You know, so we're just obviously we're checking in with our guys, you know, and girls, as, or as they check in with us. But it's all been voluntary. 
you know, we do have a lot of our student athletes sending us videos back that we can repost on Instagram. And they're tagging us saying, hey, coach, I'm doing this. But they're also reaching out, you know, for questions, um, you know, casual conversation. But I've been able to mandate, you know, work, workouts and training during this time. It's been a bit of a stretch. But you hope and pray that the athletes are working, you know, to get back and to be ready for when they return. Yeah, I, I can imagine how that can be um, a challenge, not having being able to put your eyes on a, on a, on a player and kind of see what their what their what their progress is and what their development is to see, you know, having to reach all their uh, goals that you might have mapped out for them. But you know, you mentioned that the NCAA kind of you know enforces that you know these trainings are voluntary, but uh, are there any uh, measures that you might have put in place or any kind of benchmarks that you use to monitor any kind of progress uh, to make sure that players are reaching their uh, weight goals and things like that? Yes, sir. Some of our student work uh, athletes are checking in with us weekly, you know, with the Snapchat of their body weight, so we're able to see mm-hmm. their gains and losses. Also, we were granted the permission, you know, to initiate Zoom calls, which our head coaches have taken advantage of that so they can initiate Zoom calls to make announcements, you know, to talk shop with the student athletes. So it's good to see the, see a friendly see a friendly face on the screen, you know, once a week during those team meetings. And then also the Nike app has been tremendous for us. You know, so that we can all, you know, on a voluntary basis, you know, charm, uh, hop on the app and just run weekly. And the Nike app, if you don't have it, you know, it tracks your mileage your route and you make create competitions amongst all your friends via the app to uh, track your progress throughout the week. Okay, absolutely. Well, um, Coach, one of the, the, the concerns that I've had is what well, well, our purpose is by saying that strength and conditioning, um, it, it really, you know, prepares your body to to keep injuries at a, at a minimum when, when, you're, when you're playing your particular sport. Uh, so with that mm-hmm. being said, uh, going going back in, in, into the fall, uh, in football in particular, uh, you you could possibly see a lot of a lot of those soft tissue injuries that come up. You know, when, when you're looking at you know right. uh, fall camps, whether it's you know at the NFL level, collegiate level, high school level, you see a lot of those soft tissue injuries. You know, hamstrings, you know, groin pulls. Um, is this something that could possibly be, possibly uh, be an issue in the fall uh, moving forward? And if so, is, is there a plan in place to minimize mm-hmm. it, or can it be minimized? Yes, sir. See, we've had conversation as a staff already, which we meet uh, once a week on Zoom. And we already understand that they're going to come back at different levels. So you're going to have the, the third that have, they've been training every day, the third that's been doing just enough to get by, but then also the, the bottom third who really hadn't done much at all. So obviously making the assessment or the accurate assessment when they return to campus, you know, but scaling back what you would normally do. We can't take the 2019 approach from the summer to this summer. We've got to scale it back. We have to take into account that they've been apart from us for four to five months and get back to the basics. You know, not rushing. We have to reacclimate the body to sport, you know, to lifting and also conditioning. Right. And Coach, you kind of touched on this in terms of when the players come back, uh, they'll be in, I guess, kind of different phases as far as as, as far as their shape and conditioning. But uh, let's say if if football season does start on time, is it realistic to mm-hmm. expect those players to be ready to play in a college football game from a conditioning standpoint? I think it's going to be tough. 
you know, with what we're up against right now, you know, normally you train continuously throughout a year, you know, for seven to eight months to play for four months and to cram a month of work in to play, to play that same amount of time, a four month season is going to be tough, you know, but the guidelines are in place, you know, to keep us all safe, but we're going to be over precautious. Know, to still get this thing done, you know, because as of right now, the ball will be kicked off Labor Day weekend, you know, so we have right. to set our minds and readjust the equation and, and the formula to still get the body ready, to even get the coach ready, you know, to get to endure the Mississippi heat, you know, the sweltering heat, and then get the players ready, mm-hmm. right. you know, to hit again, you know, so it's going to be a stretch, but it can be done. But the thing about it is we've all been off five to six months, so we're all on a level playing field as we right. return back to play and to training. True. Okay, good. And speaking of those different sports that you work with, do you get input from the various coaches of each sport, or do you come up with the workouts for each sport yourself? We do get input. And I know we have our, I'll call them before season meetings, you know, to formulate the plan, which is what we both share ideas and collab on what they want to see, you know, things they want to see. We look at last year and we look at things that we might've did wrong, things we did good, but just to assess the season to make a better plan for the next year, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over and getting the same result, you know, is not the way you want to go. Right. But having that effective line of communication always open is, uh, is pivotal to, uh, to winning, but also being able to listen. You know, to listen and make the adjustment. In, in sport, you know, making the adjustment on the fly. Like if you can make the adjustment the fast at the fastest rate and adapt, you know, you're going to be successful. Very true. Very true. Uh, so, Coach, you, you mentioned earlier that you oversee all of the programs. So, um, I can imagine that the, the time management has to be, um, you know, um, of, of utmost um, importance to you. So. How do you balance work with multiple sports? Is there a specific schedule that you have to stick to, or does it just depend on the season or so forth? Well, I'm approaching year number 15 in the profession. You know, so I've learned balance, you know, throughout that time. But having those multiple teams for me keeps me, keeps me level. It keeps you level, you know, throughout the year. But just having a set schedule is key. You know, when you're waking up, when you're getting to the gym, you know, having time to eat those meals throughout the day. Some people get so caught up in just the go, 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 go to where they forget the essentials. That's, you know, time for you to sit, to read, to check emails, to do your own personal workout, you know, to get off campus to get lunch or to go to the cafeteria so that you're fueled up throughout the day. So there's no up and down, you know, roller coaster ride from yourself that you're always level E, even keel. Once your athletes come in to train with you. Coach, I want to go back to something that you said earlier that, that stood out. You talked about that okay. sweltering heat in Mississippi, and you're absolutely right, especially in the summertime. So I have a two-part question. Uh, first, how do you mm-hmm. decide and, I guess, monitor the appropriate hydration for the student athletes? And also, what's that adjustment like for the kids who come to JSU from those cold weather climates? I mean, do you have to bring them along any differently? Because I know that's a a completely different animal for them. Well, we start with education. You know, educating student athletes on 
number one, you know, what that urine should look like. You know, it should be clear to a light yellow, you know, but just educating them on, you got to always drink, 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 you know, but really for us, we can control the two, but how do you control as an athlete the 22? Meaning we can dictate your rest, your water consumption, everything while you're with us. So when you're away from us, you know, what are you doing? You know, so, so just through strict educational practices all the time, you know, relying on leadership once again, you know, the juniors and seniors taking care of the freshmen and sophomores, you know, but to always stay on top of that because it's like a car. If you don't have any gas in the car, you're not going to be successful. Hmm. And to answer uh, question number two, as far as our the climate and just the climatization, you know, it, it only takes about a seven to 14 day period. You know, we're going to take into all considerations, you know, when we get a new athlete on campus, you know, during the complete medical history, whether they have a re, uh, history of maybe concussions or possibly sickle cell, asthma, diabetes, those things have to be caught, thought, thought of and brought into account when writing the program, you know, deciding on the frequency and the tempo and the pace of what you're going to have your groups train at. Yeah, very good, very good, very interesting. Uh, Coach, you said something that was very interesting a moment ago. You you mentioned what the what the players or what the athletes are um, eating and drink drinking and what they're putting into their bodies. So, uh, that being said, what role does proper nutrition play in strength and conditioning? And is there a process that you have in place for monitoring that with your players? Uh, some don't believe it, but nutrition is sixty percent of the battle. You know, training is forty percent. And I stress all the time to the guys and girls in the weight room because you can train all you want. But if you're not eating properly, getting your sleep, your proper hydration, it's all null and void. Null and void. You know, but we're also active in our cafeteria. You know, we talked to management, you know, upon arrival 18 months ago. We did make some changes, you know, so that the, the, uh, the meal, the meals, and that perfection may be more appealing to the student athlete. You know, we also provide recovery shakes. For our athletes and bars at these training sessions, so that they do have fuel. And once again, it's like the car. If there's no fuel in the car, the car's not going to perform. So we have to stress it, to drink, to eat it, you know, all the time. Put the food back in your body. Put it back in your body. Put it back in. Very good. I imagine that has to be a challenge because there are so many. Good place to eat around around Lynch Street. You can, you can drive off campus and you have, you know, all all the catfish, your barbecue, and fried chicken you want. So, so, so you got your work cut out there. Uh, and one thing I think is everything in moderation. I tell the guys everything in moderation. Right. It's okay to have yeah. fried shrimp or the pole boy, the barbecue or the stamps burger, yeah. but not every day. Right. You now right. limited to maybe once a week, twice a week. Mhm. Yeah, good. Yeah, I guess even that could be a challenge too, but. But but uh you you uh you are a year and a half into your tenure here at, at GSU as you mentioned about eighteen months here. Uh is that mm -hmm. enough time, you know, um in your professional opinion to have seen noticeable improvement in in athletes and strength and conditioning? Uh if so, could you uh talk about that improvement? Without without a doubt, we've seen changes already. You know, through our testing. You know, we test uh two to three times per year. Depending upon the team and the sport, you know, see, our max numbers have gone up tremendously. You know, on our power cleans, our bench presses, our squats, we're testing broad jump, vertical jump, you know, for football, 225 reps. 
know, so our numbers have gone up, but we also take it a step further with our body composition photos so that we have true valid data in front of us with the picture. You know, we do a front side and a rear picture of our athletes uh, twice a year, those in January and also in July. So we, we see the results, we, we keep them, we post them, you know, so that you can see your body change and transform you know, while you are here at JSU. Coach, I have a, a, a bit of a, I guess you could say a fun question for you. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what would you say would be your wish list item for Jackson State? That, that one piece of equipment that you would love to have that you don't currently have to work with? A new facility. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a new facility. But um, that, that wish was granted. Obviously, it's coming true. You can mm-hmm. keep up, you know, the walls of paint is being, being renovated. So the second half, the second side of that building will be, you know, for athletics uh, coming up hopefully uh, January 20, 2021. Mm-hmm. But um, the project was already uh, started when I took the job and me and A.D. Robinson sat down together and we mapped out what we needed in the, in the room. And we're months away you know, from moving in. But it's... Um, it's well overdue, and I think that mm-hmm. the, an essential training spot on campus, you know, we'll, we'll do one is for recruiting. You know, it's tough when you lose athletes to JUCOs and other schools in the area because you know, your facilities aren't up to par. You know, right. so we're doing the proper, making the, taking the proper steps right now to make those better. Well, Tiger fans are going to love hearing that. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. That's, that's been that's been a hot topic around here is uh, the the renovation of the new facility. So uh, we can't wait to see that and wait to see how the players uh, and the recruits respond to that new facility uh, sitting there. Now uh, it's going to be uh, phenomenal. When you guys see it, it's going to be phenomenal. You're going to mouths are going to drop. Oh yeah, I can't wow. wait. I can't wait. Yep. Uh, tell us about some of your. This is another fun question here. What are some of your unique methods for for training and motivation? Now, um, I must admit, I'm one of the biggest fans of your uh, the, the Instagram page. I don't know who was um, actually uh, running it, the Instagram and, and the stories, but they're doing a heck of a job. Right, and, we do, and, and I, we we've seen some some uh, some outrageous um, and some um, <laughs> some some, some look, they fun looking techniques. I, I wouldn't want to do them, but they they look fun. But uh, things like yeah, power and things like that. Come on out. <laughs> what are <laughs> what are some of the uh, some of the uh, more unique methods that, that you enjoy uh, using for training and motivation, motivating the kids? Well, well, conjugate is one thing, but, you know, we love our specialized training. You know, some call them warrior workouts or ninja warrior training. You know, but we, um, we tag specific names for some of the things that we do throughout the year. You know, and the ones that know what I'm talking about, they know about beast mode, mind games, Debo, you versus you, 1,000 reps. <laughs> You know, all of those workouts, you know, mean something once you've gone through them. They change you. You have to, you know, think outside of just being in a weight room, being in one spot, lifting a barbell, pressing it up or squatting low. It's more so can you outthink the drill? Can you go from weight room to outside to a campus run, like you had to play, say, to flipping a tire, you know, all in one. But we try to combine, you know, different aspects of sport, you know, and training into those, you know, tougher workouts. So that people can, or athletes can obviously outthink the drill or try to. But it's all designed to make you mentally tough. 
So that when it, when, it, mm-hmm. when it gets tough in the game, you've already been there. You've been to that place of no return. So you know how to dig from within and dig deeper to finish a person off, to finish your opponent off, win in the fourth quarter, the last set, you know, two-minute drill. That's what we're developing in our athletes is that mental aspect to just kill and destroy, but take it home. Absolutely. (laughs) Some fun stuff, Coach. Definitely I enjoy watching that as well. Now, you mentioned earlier that you uh, spent some time at the University of Tennessee in the past, and uh, you helped train, I think it was two first-round NFL draft picks. Uh, Is there anything in particular that you see or look for in terms of work ethic from those players who ultimately go on to play at the next level? Uh, The one thing I will say is they're not always the loud ones in the room, you know. Hmm. The guy that normally is the loudest guy, you know, is not the NFL guy. You know, the ones that I've been around, they've been the most consistent. They've been steady with their work. They're never late, never miss. And they have a plan. You know, so we try to make sure that our guys are obviously being diligent, but also, you know, being steady. And for, for the ones that can make it, they're special. And you see it when you first arrive on campus. You know, but but you see it in how they, how they do everything, how they attack the cafeteria, you know, study hall. They make it all line up from the classroom to the field to conditioning. It's consistent. And, and speaking of getting to the next level, our mm-hmm. football players, they now have the opportunity each year to participate <clears throat> in, in, uh, in the local pro day, or they've always had the opportunity uh, to participate in the pro Correct. day. Is, is JSU, let's say JSU is recruiting a high school kid who says, he wants at least a shot at making it to the pros. What would your pitch be to him in terms of how you will personally prepare him to put forth his best showing at that pro day? I would simply say Titus Howard. And for the ones that don't know Titus Howard, I had him for four years at Alabama State. He was a 2019 draft pick. He was the 23rd pick in the draft. And Titus was under my direction for four years. He ballooned from a 225-pound tight end to a 325 tackle. You know, it's a guy that I trained, the guy that I contact and still talk to to this day. You now we created a bond, you know, we're out together for four years. And I will say Titus' story is a story of, a story of transformation and perseverance. Watching his body change and watching him grow from a small walk-on tight end to what he is to, today, a first rounder. You now that's what I would say. Because I've done it, not many have have done it, you know, but it can be done. But it takes work, it takes perseverance, it takes you bringing that detailed desire, you know, to training every day. Coach, it was recently announced that there will now be an annual NFL HBCU combine just for uh, for those uh, student athletes who are uh, who are playing for um, historical black colleges and universities. So despite that event, obviously it was canceled this year due to COVID-19. Uh, how significant mm-hmm. do you think that it's going to be for HBCU athletes moving forward for them to get that kind of exposure? I think it's going to be phenomenal. You know, it's going to give the opportunity for select a few guys to showcase their talents and skills in front of every NFL team, or at least a representation from those particular teams. You know, so but to be under those eyes, there's a chance that many don't get. Unless you're invited to Indianapolis, you know, then you're there. But now it's also going to give insight to what we have to offer 
at the HBCU level, but also they can represent themselves and also the universities in this uh, in the league, in the SWAC and MEAC and other universities. So it's going to be great for both sides. Yeah, that's definitely a great thing, uh, you know, uh, long overdue and uh, just, you know, for our guys to have another platform and have another opportunity to showcase their talent, it, it can only, you know, be of significance and a big help for them. Definitely can help with the recruiting yeah. as well. All right, and, and Coach, I know you've been seeing, uh, you know, recently on social media and just within the media in general, a lot of buzz regarding these, uh, you know, the, the four-star recruits, the, the black athletes as far as in high school, the blue chippers, potentially signing yeah. with HBCUs instead of uh, the PWIs. Mm -hmm. So let's say this domino does begin to fall in that direction. And there's a recruit out there who has questions about whether or not he'll get an adequate strength conditioning regimen on the SWAC level at Jackson State. What would you say to him? I would just say check the directory and check our resume. And you'll discover very quickly that I'm a winner. You know, the ones I associate with, the ones that we hire on, we all have the same traits. We're educated, we're certified, and we're winners. You know, I've produced championships and, you know, fellow athletes at every level, every university I've been at, from SEC to Sunbelt to MEAC to SWAC. You know, and it's it's the road you want to take. You now, you can, you can go the easier road where it's going to be a smooth transition for you, but you're going to need that bump year one or that crash year two, some discomfort year three, to produce a battle-tested senior who's ready to take on anything and anybody by his last year of college. You know, so just take into account those factors. Sometimes easier isn't always best. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and you know, my, my motto is if you're good enough, you'll get there. It doesn't matter where you are. You know they're they're going to find right. you, so you can get just right. they will find you. Yes, they education. will. Yep, good education and um, a good um, you know athletic um, environment here at JSU. You'll find both. Correct. They will find you. They always do. Absolutely. All right, Coach. Well, we want to thank you for coming on the show. This was so informative. I know our fans will love hearing this and hearing from you and just getting some uh, some insight and you know, the way you've been enlightening us on kind of the inner workings of, of what you do and, and how it impacts the student athlete. This has been a pleasure and a treat. So thank you again. Right. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Well, that'll do it for episode 39 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. Leave a question or a comment while you're at it, and we'll be sure to read it on air. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag the I love.